What's up, guys? It's Magic Mike Windorf, and you're watching the Three Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And by now, because I've asked you guys to do this like numerous, numerous times, you would call me your Sherpa. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficient than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And you see him right next to me. You can find this person at ARW, Dynamite Wrestling Alliance, and Lucha Libre Total. He is one part of TCC. That's right, the casting couch. Right here, he's with us, the Magic Mike Wendorf. What's up? What's up? What's I'm up, man? Up, How man. are you doing? Pretty good. Just enjoying myself. You know, got a beer. Just kicking it back today. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. It's, you know, full transparency for those who are wondering. It's Good Friday, and it's a good Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good Friday. <laughs> had my had my fish and have my beer. <laughs> hey, there we go. So, yo, one man, thank you for coming on the show. No problem. And, uh, you know, it's funny because, like, I saw tcc and i saw it was the casting couch and i was like how does people get away with this <laughs> it is the craziest story how we became about that but it's it's definitely it's something that is really good for all of us i feel <laughs> no i like it a lot though it's funny because i'm like yeah anybody who knows anything about that they they know where you can find that <laughs> you know it but uh yo for the people who don't know who you are who is magic mike windorf so i am a magician actually outside of the ring i do magic and comedy and uh i started wrestling actually back in i would say 2013 2014 for a company called csw chicago style wrestling so i worked with them for a bit and uh i ended up leaving at around maybe november of 2015 due to an injury and uh, it was a very short, like, beginning. It was very, like, hey, you're here. And then I just stopped for several years. And now it's pretty interesting because about last year in November of all times, <laughs> I, uh, I came back. And it's very interesting to try and relearn everything and try to understand and create what Magic Mike wasn't in the first run, I guess. So it's kind of reinventing yourself to be a better version of you uh and it's having a lot of time away makes you think of what can you do better uh i think with this amazing world of wrestling you know everybody wants to be technical and right now i feel like my go-to is to just what what would a magician look like in the ring like what would that be how can you take this and move it forward to be entertaining like a dan Housen, where it's like you can be technical if you wanted to, but it's more of like a, okay, let's get a little bit kind of weird in here, you know? <laughs> yes, I I understand that because like when it comes to like, and it's funny because like I've talked about this a couple of times like on the show and it's, it's cool to always get somebody else's perspective. But when you go to any kind of locker room, right, like you see like those six characters really are just there, right? So you just mm-hmm. have like the one that does like magic or they have something like they're, they cast spells, right? Like that's yeah. always like a sorcerer. Um, you have like the mercenary type, right? And then you have like the the underdog, and then like the big baddie, and then you'll have like uh the like uh what's another one I was thinking of? 
uh, like the brawler type, right? Mm-hmm. And he had like the technical dude. So there's always like these six characters that are always around. And it's funny how you've talked about like how would a, a magician move in a ring and how would this happen, how would that happen? Because like for me, I my character is more like a mercenary, just kind of like I'm just gonna like go in there. But how I changed it was instead of being on the serious, like I'm just I'm I'm stoic and I'm this dude. I took it on the comedy side. All right. The other way with it. So like I acknowledge like the I acknowledge the fans. I acknowledge there's a fourth wall. Like I talk to the camera. You know, someone similar to like a Deadpool type. And I think it's very funny. So I'm just kind of curious, like, how did you, how do you pull your magician differently from, like, I don't know, because I, because it's only because like you're not the first Magic Mike I've had on the show. All right, <laughs> Magic Magic Mike Madness. If you guys know, you guys can check his episode out. But to see, like, how would you, how do you pull your your magician differently from somebody else? So it's it's very interesting because I look back at uh, originally I wanted to do a let's go back to CSW when I first started. Originally, I wanted it to be like this kind of just basic character called like Crash or something with a K. And everybody's like, okay, well, what are you, what are you trying to portray in there? And I was like, well, I just wanted to kind of like be this rocker vibe. And he's like, dude, everybody wants to be the rocker vibe. Don't do it. So I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, well, you do the magic stuff. And I think there's uh, at the, f- we didn't actually have a name for me until the first show. We did the first show and everybody goes, so what's your name? And I was like, I don't have a name yet. They're like, Dude, go ahead as Magic Mike. All right, cool. So we did it for one show. The crowd popped, and we were like, this is sticking. Now it's come to the point where, you know, I've been doing magic since I was in the first grade. So the magic aspect is very strong for me. So it's an idea of how can I take performance in that level? Because, like, for instance, magicians are very weird. Like, obviously, we don't like people behind us. (laughs) Yet when you're in a ring you're surrounded. So it's like, how do you create magic in a ring? Cause I don't want to be to the gimmicky aspect where like, I've seen people do the spell stuff. I don't want it too gimmicky of that. I want it to where even the wrestler across from me kind of has like this genuine reaction to me. Like if I was to do some kind of magic, they'd still be like, rather than just like, Hey, you know, you're in on it. Or like have the crowd like like hey let's do something with the front row to where they're like completely and like captivated from that moment. So even then when the match is over, they're like, he did magic, he did this in the ring, and they just don't know like there's so much that they don't know what to talk about. So, but it's something that's memorable as well too. Okay, I like it. I like it. I like it. And it it goes back to like wrestling just being like about moments too. Like you want if the crowd because I know like. There's some people who still don't even know like my name as like as my character, which I don't know if you guys can see. It's right there. Uh, but <laughs> I had one kid come up to me. He's like, "Dad, can we go talk to the guy that's like pew 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 pew?" Because as much fun as wrestling is, I have a spot where like I do like a gun spot, mm-hmm. and like depending on where I'm at, like it's either I will shoot the person in the shoulders or I will just punch them in the shoulders. But it gives the gun effect. And like this one kid didn't even know who my who I was. And so he was just like, yeah, the guy that does like the pew pew sounds. And I was like, appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, it's, the thing is that is you have that within your gimmick and that's something that's part of you. So it's like, it's not too bad to be like not knowing the name because they're going to recognize you from that. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like that's what the kind of people miss is they, they miss either they get the name right and everybody's like, like pop over that. Or it's something they specifically do in the ring. 
that just is like iconic. Like, you know, every time you go to a wrestling show, I guarantee you there's somebody always doing the, the Shawn Michaels flex. Or like even the like the like if you play Batista's music, everybody's gonna do the machine gun thing. So it's like you know yeah. those little those little things. Yeah, yeah, very true, very true. Uh yo, man, so I'm just kind of curious, like how did you get into the sport? Wrestling as a whole? Yeah. So uh, I was in a rock band called For Our Last Hopes back when I was in college. And we kind of like sounded like a little bit of like kill switch mixed with As I Dying, if you're into like metal. Yep. But uh, one of the guys that was the front man, he's like, hey, uh, you know, we always talked about, you know, wrestling and stuff. You know, when you're a kid, you're always, you know, joking around in a pool or someone's backyard. And he's like, there's this school on the west side of Chicago. If you got like a couple bucks, we can go one day and uh, train. And I was like, you know what? Let's try it out. And I get there. They just said, keep an open mind. You know, just try not to like think and absorb too much because you're going to like overdo your mind a bit. <laughs> the first one, uh, I remember I nearly concussed myself from not protecting myself. That <laughs> doesn't tuck. And I remember coming home and I was like, can you give me like ibuprofen 800? Like I need to just zonk out for a couple hours. And originally I looked at it like, this is the funny thing. I looked at him and I was like, I don't think we, you should go back. That was kind of rough. And we went back and it was just, it became so addicting where it was like, you know, this is, this is part of you now. I remember like the first bump that I ever took right in a ring. And I just remember being like, just kind of looking around like what the hell just happened mm -hmm. but at the same time like like you said you just like i i kind of like that <laughs> it's, it's just so like, weird like you're like this hurts but like i mean once you get used to it i think it's that first one that like gets you where it's like <laughs> but um no it's and the one thing that sucked too is where i trained at uh when uh it used to be the old windy city pro wrestling ring mm. which someone said was like the uh world championship wrestling ring where it was just very very stiff like there wasn't any like good wood on it so you just kind of stuck when you hit it and you're like <laughs> every time you hit like that just the air just leaves and it's Pretty just much. like yeah we're not coming back <laughs> like, so i'm curious man sucked. from say again i said when you did hip tosses on that thing it sucked <laughs> i could i could imagine you know what's crazy though is like i remember my trainer telling me he's like dude like you're going to be in a lot of different rings, a lot of different rings bump differently mm -hmm. and they're going to, the ropes are going to feel different. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I went to my first show that I debuted in and the ring felt similar to the ring that I had been training in. So I was like, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And he's like, go ahead, hit the ropes. And there were actual ropes, okay. not like steel cables. And so when I hit them for the first time, I was like, oh, that does feel different. And then I remember going into somebody else's ring and like bumping and they didn't like, it, it just felt like I hit a boxing ring. Like I hit the ground. I was like, no, nope, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> it's like, this is what he meant. This is what he meant. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious though, like what's been the worst bump that you've taken? It was honestly my first match. Um, it was one. Th so we were in a tag match and the finish was uh, my partner gets thrown out. And I just get completely get pummeled and they pick me up for a powerbomb uh, RKO, which is funny when you're like new in wrestling because you don't have the smarts to go. Yeah, we're not doing that. You're just kind of like 
sure well let's do whatever <laughs> so we so i get up for the power bomb and they go to go when, as i'm coming down they do the rko <laughs> the guy grabs the, my forehead pulls back falls kind of away from me so now my head's just kind of tucked back so his bicep's not protecting me mm-hmm. and i just took like a 10 foot like drop to the back of my head oh no and you you saw like everybody behind the curtain go oh <laughs> and i remember my tag partner comes in there he's like are you okay and i'm like you need to help me back there because there's i'm 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 spinning i'm seeing tweety bird over here <laughs> Bet, bet. Uh, all right, so then going from like your worst bump, let's talk about what's the hard. Who's who's either hit? You don't have to give names. I guess we'll just say what's the hardest you've been hit. The hardest I've been hit. I think it might have been. Uh, wow, when was it? It's weird because there's like the training stuff where you know. There's times where I've not paid attention during training and you've just been completely like jaw jacked and you're like, just duh, looking at people. And then there's, I think in a match, um, I think it was, it wasn't a Samoan drop, but it was pretty much something to the effect of it. I didn't breathe out. Mm-hmm. It's the one where you're in a Samoan, like you have in a fireman's carry and they roll forward onto you. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like breathe out during it. So it was just like straight, like, getting jacked in the gut by like a 300 pound dude yeah it's just like it's always this it, that's the thing i've always re- like realized in wrestling it's never like the moves that look like it's always the dumbest little stuff that gets you it's never like oh hey like this big move is gonna hurt the big stuff looks nice it's the, always the little thing where it's like a little and you're like oh <laughs> I, yes i could totally relate to that <laughs> So, listen, man, like, I know, like, some people get, uh, they go do their post shows, and they kind of, they have their match, right? Yeah, but the, you always get, like, that thing that you always need. So, I'm kind of curious, man, what's your post-match snack or post-match meal? Post-match meal. Uh, so, this is funny. I always tell people this. So, the day of shows, I usually never eat. It's always something very light. Like, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to eat, like, a quarter of a Jimmy John sandwich. And then I'll save, like, the rest for after the match. But every time I get off of the, uh, every time I get off the the ring and I go backstage, it's always it's got to be a blue Gatorade. And depending on what venue we're at, it's going to either be if we're doing the lucha shows because we're in like we're in Berwyn and there's like a lot of taco spots over there. We'll get tacos, or we'll get like some basic like burger of some sort. So whatever the venue usually has, I'm just kind of like, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, but always, I always grab myself a blue Gatorade for always after. <laughs> That you know what I might have to I might have to implement that myself. I know me personally, like pregame, like I always have like gummy bears like around because they always like make me feel like amazing like before, and it helps control my anxiety too. Okay. But then post match, I'm kind of like whatever I can get my hands on, like that's gonna right. be a thing. But I think I gotta implement like that one thing. Like maybe I'm gonna start bringing in like that glacier ice gatorade. I kind of I like that idea, and I'm really gonna try to implement that going forward. <laughs> Because I'm like, usually like everybody sits there and after a match, like, let's grab a beer. Let's grab, you know, something basic. And I'm like, I just want, just when I get back there, I'm cracking open my backpack. There's a blue Gatorade right there. It's going to be gone in like two seconds, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. 
So I guess going from the post-match snack, man, I'm just kind of very curious. Like, what's been one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn since you've been in the business? It's, I don't think it's like a, a, a hard lesson. It's just one of those moments of realization. And I think I kind of said it in the beginning was um, you don't have to be crazy technical. I feel like when you're training, you know, you're, you're learning the ins and outs of the business. You're learning how to move in there and to make everything look very fluid and look nice, you know, and snug. And I feel the issue is people don't understand that the audience isn't going to care about those little things. Sometimes you don't have to go over the top with chains and over the top with certain things. You can just get over very nicely. As long as you tell the story the correct way and you get the crowd behind you, they're going to remember that more than anything. I feel I, like that's, that's the main, I feel like there's so many people like, especially like a, a bunch of new guys, um, you know, they're like, I want to do a flip. I want to do this. And it's like, really, in all honesty, like two weeks from now, is anybody going to remember that flip? Or are they going to remember who you were and how you won? And, you know, did you win? Like, were you a super heel about it? Like, did you lose, like win by putting your foot on the rope? That's the kind of thing they're going to remember. It's not going to be the whole like, oh, I did a 450 splash. And like, they'll get that would get forgotten. I like that though, because it it's something else that my my trainers also told me. Like he had to break it down to me because one day, because you know, like I I'm being former military, like I have a whole bunch of like I want to make sure everything looks good and is in, in in order and stuff. And I got upset, and he just like, dude, he's like, it's it's not if you mess up, it's when you mess up. Mm-hmm. He's like, so when you mess up, just let it go and just have fun. And he's like, just stop worrying about the small stuff. And I think that's. It's such a good point that like everybody wants to like make sure everything looks so smooth and fluid. It it's supposed to resemble a fight, and sometimes fights aren't pretty. Like yeah. it just gets broken down for no reason. So just like, just go with it. That's another thing about the lessons too is that uh, I think I heard Al Snow mention this a lot too. People forget there's an audience. Take a moment, you know. If you're sitting there, you're working somebody to just look at them and just soak that moment in because everybody's going through motions. And like you said, you forget it's a fight. You're like, we get so into, we're going to do this, 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 your work, you're too worried up here about what the next thing is and not enough about I'm making it look like I'm kicking his ass. Like that's what it's supposed to be. Not okay, I know I have this coming up. I know I have this coming up. That's what the whole walking and talking is. And I feel like too many people just want to get, when you're backstage, too many people are like, I'm going to do this at this second, this at this second. So I feel like that's a big thing is just being in the moment with it. Yeah, and I feel like I see that a lot too, where a bunch of guys will be like trying to call their match like step by step. And it's like, Somebody, somebody, uh, I forget, we've had a few different people say it on the show too. Like, you know, what happens if the crowd is just not feeling what you're putting down? Yeah. Then what do you do? You know, you got to be able to like let things breathe, feel the crowd. And if the crowd's really into it, then cool, keep going. If they're not, then, you know, you got to change something up, you know? And I, I think about that too a lot because, like, me being older, I mean, I'm getting ready to turn 37. Hi, guys. I know, totally. Um, <laughs> But it's like I have to do it myself. Like I just let myself 
remember like, hey, if the crowd is not really popping for this one thing, then we got to move. We got to change it to something else so that the crowd starts to react and get back into into the match because you don't want to bore them with like a bunch of stuff. And like, you already kind of said it. Like the crowd really doesn't – like they're going to remember like the beginning part mm-hmm. and they're going to remember the ending. Everything that kind of happened in the middle, they might remember, right? You might make a cool gif out of it or something. But for the most part, the crowd's going to remember either – the beginning or the end, and you want to establish that, and then have that be like the, like you want the ending to be the button, and they won't be like they go home. They're like, oh yeah, I remember last time, um, you know, last time Red Dog was here, he got he got low blowed and he got power bombed, and then they the guy pulled his tights and got to win. Like that's the kind of stuff you want. You don't care. They don't listen. I stop. Like I'm gonna get a lot. I'm gonna get a lot of heat for this, uh, <laughs> but I stopped caring about guys who could do 450 splashes when i was able to do it <laughs> so it's like a, that's kind of it like i just don't care <laughs> i i completely agree it's one of those things where it's just i want i want like as, you just have to create the moment where people are going to just go and it sticks yep facts so i'm kind of curious man what about what kind of advice would you have for like up-and-coming wrestlers um I think I had a conversation about this the other day too. Uh, pretty much try and listen to the vets as much as you can. Uh, I know that, you know, sometimes when you're new in a locker room, you know, you feel that it's kind of, it's intimidating. You feel like people are looking down on you. You're getting critiqued very hard. Uh, there's times where you're going to look at your own stuff. You're going to be like, that wasn't it. And it's just be able to like, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, majority of the guys, you know, they'll sit there and they'll, you know, walk you through things. You know, hey, you know, my, I'm not comfortable about my shine or, hey, like, I just, I'm not getting the heat that I want. You know, I'm not getting the, the big, like, F you off of it. Like, yeah, like I want to, it's like, or there's just certain little things that it's, you can ask people about, you know, it's not that bad. Um, Cause I know people sit there and they're like, I don't know, like it's intimidating at times and it's like, don't worry about it. You know, listen to the vets. You know, I know there's certain ways that they like, they've, you know, I've mentioned that wrestling from when I started, even in 2013 till now seems kind of different. I feel like currently there's this new style wrestler. That's like when I was working, I remember it was, you get there early, you set up the ring, you, you know, you get in there, you kind of work on what do you want to do for the day? You go backstage, get dressed, do your match. Then you wait around, tear down the ring, and that's it. Now it's kind of like these guys show up, they do their stuff, and they leave. And it's like, well, I wasn't that w- I wasn't shown that way. So, I mean, but that's one of those things where you kind of earn the respect that way, too. But definitely listen to the vets as much as you can and never be afraid to ask questions, I'd say. Yeah, I like that a lot. The, I think the one – and then there's a kind of a kind – of I, I've been I've been kind of like on both sides of this like this coin, right? Like I understand like staying and helping, and whenever I can do that, I definitely do want to stay. Yeah, in whenever different you areas. can, yeah, yeah. But like so recently, right? And uh, I was I was on a four hour trip from Baltimore to our destination, right? And we go there, we're in our match, we have fun, we do our thing, right? And I'm a passenger in this car. And I was kind of in two ways, right? One, I kind of wanted to stay and finish watching the show, but I also knew that meant I was going to be getting home at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And then two, I was like, I could leave with my friends right now and go home 
and be home at like 1 a.m., get some sleep and get up and be okay for like training in the morning. It's kind of in a double edge. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and just take off now. So I got, went around, met with some of the promoters, went and said goodbye to the promoters and stuff like that, you know, left my envelope and then, you know, bounce. And I couldn't help, but on the whole drive back, I was like, I feel really bad, but I also knew it was a four hour drive and I didn't want to be driving at like 11 o'clock at night. The, the one thing that I'm very big about too, and this is just me, and I know a lot of people kind of think the same way too, is the way, the way how you handle it was great because you went to the promoter and you said, hey, like you talked to the promoter and it's one of those very understanding, hey, we got to drive ahead of us. There's like people that just kind of like, where's my envelope? I'm out. And it's like, don't do that. Like, you know, at least if you're back, like if you're backstage, you know, hey, what's up? I got a dip. You know, this is happening today. You know, say bye to the promoter, you know, shake a couple of hands on the way out of like, hey, you know, great show. Thanks, guys. And then dip out. But I feel like it's just the little the little respect things that everybody needs to hone, which everybody usually does pretty good. It's right. always just new guys that it's like, hey, you should uh, just go around the locker room and shake everybody's hand. This is a nice thing to do, you know? Yeah, I definitely feel that one. So, listen, man, I know you've been around for a while. You've probably been in and out of some rings, some locker rooms. So I just got to know, though, I need one do and one don't of the locker room. One do and one don't. Uh, well, obviously, like I said, uh, shake everybody's hand. Uh, bring deodorant. <laughs> yes. Because there's times where you're in there and you're like, come on, who's the asshole that didn't, <laughs> who's the asshole that didn't shower on the way here, man? Like and it's like some of these locker rooms aren't locker rooms they're just very tight back rooms of places where it's just like you're all packed in there and it's like don't be that guy just put on deodorant or something <laughs> but um i don't let's see i mean there's a lot of stuff you shouldn't do <laughs> don't okay so um Matt, okay let's do this match wise Make sure everybody's on the same page because this is something I noticed lately. Make sure everybody's on the same page. Try and make sure that the moves that you're doing in your match aren't moves that somebody else is doing later on in the show. So if there's somebody that's like upper on the card, make sure, hey, you're not doing a like a this finish or you're not doing this specific move, right? Because the worst thing ever is to watch a move done in like match two and then at the end of the show see the same thing. And it's like, Okay, or having it done every other match. Um, I do, I'm still trying to figure out a don't. It's one of those things where I'm going to be in the locker room and I'll be like, that's a don't right there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would just pretty much say, like, don't talk over everybody. You know, always try and listen as much as you can. Um, even like right now, there's people that are like, I don't consider myself a vet. I don't consider myself anything like that. Even though I've been in the business for on and off since like 2013, I still kind of have this always absorb everything. And the biggest thing I would say is when you're being put in a match, my biggest thing is to just say, hey, like if you know, if you and I are going against each other, what do you want to do? You know, I don't try and like force anything like we're doing this. I'm going to do this it's like no it's like you know what do you want to do do you have any ideas like 
Yeah, I feel that. I feel that a lot. I know for me, whenever I talk to people, I'm always like, listen, dude, I hit, I have three moves, uh, a spine buster, a German suplex, and a northern light suplex. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's just pump, punches, kicks, and a clothesline. That's Keep it. Simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a pump handle driver, which is what I call it now. You know, legitimately, that those are all my moves. That's it. I don't have to do anything else. I don't need anything super fa- fancy. <laughs> it works. That's how right. I like it. <laughs> Everybody else is like, I know I've, 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 I've been in a locker room when people are all like, yeah, man, I'm going to do like 455. I'm like, dude, if you have not seen what the ring looks like, mm, it's probably not the best idea, bro. <laughs> Yo, all right. So those are all my heavy hitting questions. But we do have to get into the second best segment of this podcast. You're probably wondering what the first is. It's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But, Mr. Mike, this is the three-count podcast, ten-count questions, and this is how it works. I'm going to fire off ten questions at you rapid fast. Whatever's your answer, that's your answer. All right. So we're going to put on imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Ooh, SmackDown. Favorite movie? Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Sonic or Mario? Sonic. Favorite color? Green. PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite submission? Ooh, uh, Boston Crab. Squats or deadlifts? Squats. Uh, favorite podcast? Podcast. Uh, your mom's house. I'm, my mom doesn't have a podcast, but I appreciate that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nominate one person that you will see on this podcast. Ooh, um, Adam Cage. Gotcha. And then last but not least, my favorite question asked every single person that comes on this show. Favorite curse word. It's got to be fucked. It's got <laughs> to be. Like a great F-bomb is all you need in life. I, I, did, I did a uh, comedy show. I was supposed to do a comedy show with Mick Foley, and I ended up, uh, he had another opener. And in his show, he does, he's like, this whole show, we only get one F-bomb. And he, like, lets it simmer the whole show, and he, like, teases it. And it's funny, because it's like, he, his comedy show feels like a wrestling match, where he just kind of, like, lets it kind of get in there a little bit. <laughs> nice. I know, because like for me, what I do is I talk about it every time on the show. Anytime anybody brings up the word fuck is their favorite. It's like, well, if you haven't seen the history of the F word on YouTube, it's the greatest two minutes and 39 seconds of like all time. It's like one right. of my favorite things ever. So I've been trying to get this video like re-viral again, but I just need people to actually watch it because it's just, it's incredible. I'll definitely have to check that out. <laughs> but, well, those are all my questions. So last but not least, Mike, can you let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you so everything's actually under my real name uh magic of keelan for some reason i feel at some point because of magic uh magic mike is just going to be the official nickname so i'm probably going to end up wrestling in the next three years as keelan magic mike windorf um but for right now because it's kind of over i just keep it as magic mike so everything is at magic of k-e-e-l-a-n or if you do like youtube it's the magic of Keelan Windorf, which has like a lot of my magic videos. And I try to throw some uh, wrestling in there too as well. Bet. There you go. He gave you all of his handles. You guys know how to find him. So like every good part to a wrestling match, 
We got to take this home because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog. That's right, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And who's entering the ring today? You see him right there. Keelan, Magic, Mike Wendorf, and uh, you know what to do. Tune into the next episode and be there or... You just wait for this episode to end, you wait for that outro, and then you choose another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to Anchor.fm forward slash the Three Count Podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the Three Count Podcast also has merchandise oh. at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.